This is the Stoppage Time Podcast from WEGL 91.1, giving you the latest on all the big talking points from the Premier League and the Champions League. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Stoppage Time. I'm your host, David Ordway, and as always, I'm joined by Chris Basinger. How are we doing tonight, Chris? Uh, I could be better, to be honest, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to talk through my feelings. We'll get to that. And also, we have a special guest tonight, Harrison who is a big Manchester United fan. Welcome to the show, Harrison. How are you doing? Uh, good evening, guys. Thanks for having me. Doing well. Looking forward to being on the pod. All right. Well, let's get right into it. A lot of good games this past weekend. Uh, the Friday game, which was uh, the 2 o'clock game our time, uh, was Wolverhampton Wanderers against Leicester. Uh, the game was at Molyneux. Uh, it finished 0-0, even though uh, there was a red card on a second yellow in the game. Uh I was kind of disappointed, actually, that this game finished 0-0 because these are two teams that are pretty big powerhouses, to be honest with you, in the in the mid-table, except Leicester's in the top three. But Yeah, I, I think what needed to happen in this game is uh, Wolves wasn't going to score unless Leicester scored first. Because if you, if you go through the entire season, it's almost like Wolves can't score without the other team scoring first. They are the kings uh, of, of coming back and, and beating teams after going down. Uh, Nuno just has that spirit with him to, you know, rouse his team. And I just, I don't think that was there this week for Wolves. Uh, and, and Leicester have been struggling, especially ever since they played and lost to Manchester City. So, uh, I think they're both in, in limbo. Wolves is still focusing on Europa League matches right now. Uh, Leicester are still pretty safe in third place. I, I believe they're up by about, uh, 10 points. Yeah, they're up nine right now. Nine points. Yeah. Um, so I, I think this was just an off game. For both teams, yeah, I mean, I, I I completely agree, but it definitely made the uh, the top five race, which we'll talk about a little later, a lot more interesting. Uh, the first game on Saturday morning was uh, Norwich City against Liverpool. This is our weekly Liverpool talk. Uh, Liverpool did win one to nothing. Uh, actually, Norwich played pretty well. Um, they were at Carroll Road, which does do better for them. Uh, but Sadio Mane did score in the 78th minute. Uh, an absolutely f- fantastic goal. Um, yeah, I, I only wish that Roberto Firmino had had scored off that beautiful touch that he had in the first half. I, I have I probably rewatched more highlights of him uh, bringing down that ball than Sadio actually scoring the goal. Oh, Be- because that, that was just a, a beautiful moment. Yeah, Liverpool. <laughs> excuse me. Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> Uh, it sounded like Jamie Carragher. Uh, <laughs> uh, Liverpool actually uh, struggled a bit in this game. I, I'm not sure if um, that was kind of hinting at their struggles today. But in any case, um, yeah, it, it it just proves how good Liverpool are. I mean, I was watching the game, and at no point did I think Liverpool are not going to score a goal in this game because it's just happened time and time and time and time again. And I don't have to say this because we all know it, that Liverpool are on track to win the league. They haven't won it yet, but it just doesn't seem like anyone's going to stop them. Harrison, how does that make you feel as a Manchester United fan? That- uh, it's frustrating to see. Um, but I think uh, I think a really nice takeaway from this game was the way that Norwich approached the game. Uh, they didn't necessarily decide to, you know, sit in and do everything. They uh, stuck to their philosophy, but they approached the game like Athletic did today with great energy, and they made it difficult for Liverpool to break them down. And 
there were plenty of chances made, but there was a, a lot of work done off the ball to hold Liverpool scoreless for so long. And I think Todd Cantwell stood out very well, well oh. enough. To well, when when Todd Cantwell wasn't on the ground, right? I, I, right. I think he stood right quite well. I, there there were a bunch of reports that were saying that uh, Liverpool are actually seeking him out uh, as a transfer this summer, which. They, they, I, I, there are reports about Liverpool seeking everybody. Everyone. There, there are reports that, you've that we're You've become the new back. Manchester United. Well, <sighs> don't say that. Don't say that. I, I, I mean, there are reports that are saying that we're going to get Coutinho back, and that's not going to happen in a million years. But, but yeah, Todd he's a good player. One seems a little yeah. more likely. It's very Liverpool-esque. It's bottom of the team or bottom of the table team, an extremely talented player, and he's going to be cheap. And it's a smart buy, and it's going to be cheap. I, I, it, it could be like any Southampton I, I, player. I have said it before. <laughs> I, I, I said it a few weeks ago um, that the three teams that I'd like to see go down, and I, you know, I don't root for anybody to go down except for like Arsenal. That will never happen. And Burnley, they're in tenth right well, now. I see, and everybody and wants Burnley. Burnley. I, I completely yep. agree. Everyone Please. wants Burnley, yep. but um, Norwich, mm-hmm. because Norwich has a lot of. I don't want to see them go down because I actually like Norwich. But well, they, they, they have, have a lot of players. They have that, August Player of the Month, Timu Puki. Well, it's not even Puki. It's it's Max Ahrens, you know, Todd Cantwell. These these players. Uh, who's the? I'll tell you in a second. Uh, Emiliano Buendia. Mm-hmm. Like these are guys that are are good players, you know, and they can play. They're definitely Premier League players that will be bought by different teams if Norwich goes down. Same thing goes to. Um, uh, Aston Villa, mm-hmm. uh, and I, we'll get to Aston Villa in a little bit. Uh, Are you just rooting for these teams to go down because you want Tottenham to poach them? Absolutely. Well, and except for <laughs> except for except for West Ham. Oh, oh, because they don't have any good players. No, because it's West Ham. Uh, but all right, so yeah. there's we, we, there's a real threat that they might go down this season, though. There is a real threat, but two teams that probably will not go down this season, even though we might want Burnley to go down. Uh, Southampton and Burnley. Uh, score ended two to one. Danny Ings continues his Southampton form. Uh, scores another goal. I mean, he's been outstanding. Um, but that wasn't enough. Uh, Ashley Westwood and uh, Vidra scored uh, for Burnley to get them for a two-one league. It was at St. Mary's too, uh, and and this this game you know was a lot more kind of important than. These are two mid-table teams that are level with Arsenal, uh, but it, it, I have to say I'm, I'm very impressed with both these teams. I actually thought Southampton would be going down this season, uh, early this year. I didn't mm-hmm. think Ralph Hasenhutl had it to keep them up. Uh, obviously, he does. That's probably thanks to Danny Ings. Well, he's he's not nicknamed the Alpine Klopp for nothing. Um, uh, yeah, th- this is for Southampton. This has been the season for Danny Ings. He's uh, tied for third in the Golden Boot race, uh, currently on level terms with uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, former uh, Golden Boot winner, along with Sadio Mane and Mohamed Salah from last season. But I, I think just the fact that Southampton are in this position uh, is is a testament to how good Hassan Hoodle is. Like, they lost 9-0 to Leicester. And... And then later they managed to beat them two to one, uh, but I, I think this is just an unfortunate game for them. Burnley is a tough opponent. They almost took points off Manchester City last season, uh, right at the end when City and Liverpool were going on those incredible runs, uh, unbeaten runs in the last ten or so games. Um, 
So, yeah, Burn- Burnley are always going to be a tough game, and I, I think just their defending prowess is what kept them in, in it. Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this is the sad part of the episode that we haven't had in a while where Arsenal won, and we actually have to start talking a little happily about Arsenal. Um, Arsenal did score four goals in the second half to beat Newcastle at the Emirates, uh, four to nothing. Aubameyang scored. Pepe scored, Mesut Ozil scored, and Lacazette scored. Lacazette scored after coming on as a substitute. He didn't even start him. So, so my my question I pose uh, is: Do we this four nothing win in which, to be honest with you, I thought Arsenal looked poor in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I'm rooting for Newcastle, uh, but I thought they looked poor in the first half. Second half, they looked a lot better. So is this the start of a new for Arsenal, or is this just one of those games? I don't think this is going to be anything we haven't seen before where they pulled together a nice win here. And uh, I'll point to United putting up 4-1 on Newcastle uh, back near uh, Boxing Day and then following that up with uh, a, wa- a loss to um, Burnley. Mm-hmm. And it's just, um, it's just the same story. They're going to be inconsistent. They don't really have it. All together, and I think Newcastle just had a, a tremendous collapse after Pepe's goal. I mean, they're, they're they weren't really up for it after the Pepe goal. It was just uh, down the drain, and then when Ozil and Lacazette put the goals down, they were just done. I, I I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I fell asleep during the first half of this game. It was terrible. It was it was dreadful. Newcastle and Newcastle had had chances. They did to score. They did. Yeah, they. I I'm not sure, but. I believe this was St. Maximin's first game back. He looked outstanding from injury. Too. Oh yeah, he's so he is so he, good. he's outstanding. He looks very similar to Triore on the ball after. Um, I think I think yeah. Triore is still better, but I think it's I think yeah. Triore's been in yeah. the Premier League more now that he, he he's been in the Premier League, and especially we don't remember this, but Triore has been struggling for a long time, and it wasn't until he banged in those two goals against City. Uh, to beat them late in the match, um, that he's actually you know improved, and I mean he's built like a rugby player too. He's I, I mean I think incredibly Triore's. enormous. I, I, yeah. did, did you say it last week? Did someone say it in here? Maybe maybe it was Riley uh, that Triore is going to be the most sought after player this upcoming summer. I think you said it. Oh, did I say it? <laughs> I, maybe I said it. And I I still agree that I think yeah. I think he's going to be one of the top in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I don't think Real Madrid is going to come in and like there's there's other players, but. That's yeah. the kind of club it's going to take to come get him because I think Wolves are going to be asking for such an incredible price, which is what's uh, the frightening part. Um, I don't know how City will be thinking about it now after given everything that's happened recently, but they were the ones that have been in pole position to go and get him. They've had the money and the uh, the idea that he's what what they want, um, given they lose Sané this summer. So I had a I had a lot of Arsenal friends, uh, unluckily because I'm a Tottenham fan, and. One of my Arsenal friends said this past weekend, I kind of said that Arsenal are about two players away from, major players away from getting results. And when I mean results, I don't mean a 4 nothing win against Newcastle. I mean results that will get them back into the top four. I thought you were about to say they're one or two players away from getting relegated. Oh, that too. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a bombing, they'd be terrible. Oh, they'd be saying. gone. But they'd be gone. Anyway, so my question 
again is so for Arsenal in, in Arsenal's position, what's a good finish for them? Because Arsenal have not gotten in the top four now for the past three seasons. This would be season number four. Uh, I don't think without what Arsenal has spent money on, and I know Pepe scored and he had two assists, and he looked pretty decent. I still don't think Pepe's worth 72 million pounds. I think that's a ridiculous price. I think that's a price that they could have, I've said this many times before, they could have put elsewhere. What's a good finish for Arsenal? Because, I mean, they're 34 points right now. Uh, Chelsea's at 41, so they're seven points back of fourth place. Is top four eligible for them? No. No. It's not even in the question. I mean, uh, it's seven, it's, but it's seven points. It's seven points, but I just I don't see them making up, which is it's weird that we're talking about this because at the beginning of the season, I had Arsenal going into the top four. I thought... Um, I thought that Chelsea would be struggling under their new under Frank Lampard. Uh, I didn't see United improving at all, especially under Ole, uh, given uh, their their form at the end of last season. Oh, you've been you've been one of the the main negative comp, uh, proponents, I guess that's the word about Ole. Like, yeah, you, you have said since the beginning. Yes, and I, I'm curious to see what when we get to Man United. I'm curious to say uh, Harrison's opinion on him, but. Uh, yeah, you've been one of the main negative, and I remember you. But Arsenal have been the worst out of anybody, uh, by far. I mean, they still. This was their seventh win. To go down the table, they are. There are four teams with six wins or below. Right, and then there's Arsenal, Arsenal, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, and Crystal Palace. So Arsenal's tied with them. Yeah, well, well, going back to United, you you know what I like to say about United is that I mean, Ole's at the wheel, and, and that seems to be that's great, that's real mature, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and that seems, but honestly, that that seems to be how their season has been going. They had a good August, right? Everyone was raving about Daniel James, and it, he's he's just falling through, and Rashford's out because of injury. The whole Paul Pogba debate we'll get into later, but um, Arsenal have just been struggling. But they're also one of, I believe, the five unbeaten teams in twenty twenty. It's ridiculous. But, but you can't. But ridiculous. That's a ridiculous stat. I, I'm going to tell you something. Anyways, but I mean, we're not. Yeah. We don't talk about Europa League, so I'm just going to bring this up right now. Arsenal play Olympiacos. They do. Tottenham played Olympiacos in the in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Arsenal can beat Olympiacos in the Emirates. They will not beat them in in, in Greece. I watched that game. That they was, a, that was a tough I game for Tottenham. I can guarantee you they will not beat them in Greece because yep. – and, and it's just an interesting proponent because I, I, my, my, my question was like, where do they need to finish? Because money is an issue now. They're coming into the territory now where to, they're operating as a big team, uh-huh. but they're not getting the big paychecks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for Arsenal, uh, still, there's still a draw with them. They're still going to be able to attract players that are good because of the name, but it is slipping because they're not guaranteeing, you know, Champions League. I think if if they want to have a chance to get back into the top four, they got to aim. And this is uh, going to be interesting because of the uh, Manchester City uh, yes. conflict, um, which makes it. And we'll get to that. So, so they got to aim for 
either, I believe, sixth or seventh. I think they they got to get that. If if Sheffield and Wolves end up in the Europa League ahead of them. So you're saying sixth or seventh? Sixth or seventh is is what they should be aiming for. They should be top five. They should be. That's where they should be. But I don't think they're going to get that. Even with Champions League winner David Luiz on the team, I I just I don't think that they'll be able to get that. So they 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 got to aim for for European football. The the paycheck's too big. They got to make up all that money for Nicolas Pepe, six or seven. That's where they need to be, at least. From one London team to the other London team, my team, Tottenham Hotspur, Aston Villa. Let me tell you, this game sent me through my emotions. Lucky. Every bit of it. Lucky. Uh, the lineup was exactly what I wanted uh, for the most part, uh, except for Eric Dyer playing. <laughs> uh, we, we don't need to talk about that right now. Well, we will talk about Tottenham in a little bit. But Tottenham Hotspur won 3-2. to two. Uh, It all started with a Toby Alderweireld own goal, and then Toby Alderweireld scored an unbelievable turn shot, which... I mean, I don't think it's as impressive. It doesn't look as impressive as it actually is. It was very, for a central defender. Um, Engels scored then for Aston Villa in the 53rd. Uh, actually, Sun scored then, and then Engels scored, and then Sun scored again on a mistake by Engels, I'm pretty sure. Uh, went right through his legs uh, in the 94th minute. Sun went right down the field with a broken arm, scored two goals with a broken arm, and now he's out for probably the rest of the season. I, I mean, you don't need an arm to kick a football. Yeah, I, I, and that's my thing. I, and I, I know, I know that he had this injury uh, back in 2017, and mm-hmm. he was out for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in saying that, uh, now we, I guess we can talk about this. So Tottenham Hotspur did win three to two, uh, and now they're in fifth in the Premier League, uh, closer to Chelsea, which we will get to Chelsea next. But Tottenham, as a Tottenham fan, I will say, is in deep trouble. Uh, Harry Kane is not going to be back until at least late April, and uh, it's still he's a doubt. And and there's still a doubt. He's there's just he's a, there's a, there's people that have said that he won't be back for Euros, uh, which would be, I know. And then there's people out there who I have friends that think that Tottenham think Harry Kane is terrible and Tottenham is better without him. In which I strongly disagree with that. And I, that's not just because he's my favorite player. That's just because it's Harry Kane. I think he's outstanding. Uh but now they don't have they didn't buy a striker in January, which is still nuts to me, but uh I, I, I don't I don't talk poorly about Daniel Levy. I try not to do that. You, Chris knows this about I understand me. that. I, I, I'm very mm-hmm. big promoting on manager and I don't talk bad about them for the most part. Uh in saying that though, we should have bought somebody and we lost our backup striker winger thing. I mean, honestly, and now and now we're going to be. I I've heard rumors, and Troy Parrott's too young. I've heard rumors that Deli Alley's going to play up top. Well, that's going to be a disaster. That's going to be a disaster. You can't you can't rely on him well, to hold the ball. I've, long I've also heard. I've also heard. To support to the attack. I've also heard rumors that it's going to be Lucas Mora, and then it's going to be Bergwin, Deli Alley, and Lucelso behind him, which I can get behind that. If they were to do a Deli Alley up top, uh, I think Mourinho would probably lean towards some sort of two where it could be bounced off yeah. Deli to Lucas. It, yeah. You could bank on that kind of thing because they, they've got a strength in midfield numbers and um, those guys can you know do a job if they have to. But I think those two would be critical in any goals being scored the rest of the season without Son and Kane. I, I think we can still get top five. I do. Uh, I think we're good enough... With Mourinho, 
because of Mourinho. I think I love the man, Pochettino, but Mourinho's different. There's a difference in the team now. Well, we have, Mourinho doesn't have any hair now. I think that's one of the biggest differences. Yeah, he, he came to the team and he looked at Eric Dyer and went, wow, you're bold, bald, and now he wanted to be like Eric Dyer. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> modeling after Eric Dyer is much worse than modeling after Pep Guardiola, might I add. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah I, I just I, I don't see where the goals are going to come from. If you put if you put I Deli Alley. Steven Bergwin, well, one, Deli Alley's going to have to. You can't rely on that kid. I, I, you can't put all your all no, no, your no, eggs no. You can't in rely basket. on one person, but yeah. I think it's gonna have to be one. If we get another injury, we're we're done. Done. Right. We're done. done. There's nothing we can do. Over. Two. If Bergwin, Sessegnon, and Mora can play together and and Deli Alley, and can score two goals a match, I think we can. I think, I think we can. Pull top four out. See, I just putting putting Deli Ali and Lucas up at the top of of a four four two. You need to have between those two forwards. You need to have um, uh, a generous forward and um, oh, what what's the word? Um, uh, a jealous jealous maybe uh, forward one that like. Keeps the ball and holds it and isn't going to give it away. Uh, and another one that's going to support them. I don't see either of them being that jealous player and trying to hold on to the ball, right? Dele's going to get it. He's going to try and dribble around, and he's going to lose it after coming up to the, to, to the first defender. Dele has been really poor lately. I will not. I, will I, not. I mean, his his finishing has been abysmal. It's been. Right? He, he had a good he had a good string when uh, when Mourinho came in. Same with Pogba last season. Had a, had a good uh, good month. When uh, Ole came in, but I I just I don't see the goals being created. Well, Son has been I, I believe he he ranks well, he's, he's second or third in uh, in Champions League goals last season. So he he, he was pretty high. I think he was third. Third. I mean, he's top ten right now. Right. Him and Harry yeah. Kane are both yeah. top ten. Uh, Harry Kane's Kane, third. former Golden Boot winner, still still scoring goals. I mean, I, Harry I, Kane's been yeah. out for. I mean, I, we won't get into. The other yeah. end of the pitch is also a huge concern. I oh, mean, yeah. The last 10 games, two clean sheets. And, I mean, you know, City is one of those clean sheets, and that's impressive. But, I mean. They also had a red card, though. You've yeah. just. Yeah, it's been a struggling City team, too. You've cooked up an awful situation to be in with the way things are right now. I mean, this 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 is not a trademark Jose defense by any means. I mean, Lloris is get, just getting back into his uh, real feel for the game now after that long spell out with injury, and Gazaniga was doing them no favors while he was in. No. So um, they, they've got to fix things up at the back. Bef- yeah. Realistically, before they can figure it out how to put it together up front, because, I mean, Jose's known for drawing his games. And if he can nick out a few draws, because their schedule is about to get tough coming in March and April. Um, yeah, it's getting tough now. That city win was huge for us. I'll say that again. All right, let's get let's get on to the actual game of the week, uh, Chelsea against Manchester United, and what a game it was! In all honesty, there was everything in this game, and we will get to everything in this game. Uh, two nothing to Manchester United at Stamford Bridge, which Stamford Bridge is not the fortress that it has been in the past seasons. Uh, I think I saw a statistic. 
Uh, Chelsea have only won five games at Stamford Bridge this year, which is they usually win a, more than that, a lot more than that, uh, almost every game. But Anthony Martial scored an unbelievable header from an unbelievable cross from Wambasaka. Uh, really, really outstanding. And then Harry Maguire scored a header on a corner. Uh, and I don't know what you guys want to talk about first here. We can talk about Manchester United beating Chelsea. Uh, I actually love to hear your take on this. I um, would uh, I would love to get the VAR out of. The all way. right, let's get the VAR. Let's get the VAR out of the way. So in the VAR had a lot to do with this game. Um, three major major things. We'll start with the first one. Uh, Harry Maguire went to get a ball, and him and. Bashwai were sliding out of bounds, and I guess, and Harry Maguire put his foot up and kind of kicked out. Uh, on when I saw it and during the game, I sat there and I went, "Okay, this is going to go to VAR, and they're going to look at this." I mean, very obvious. Uh, uh, Anthony Taylor, who is terrible, I will say that once I, I will continue to say that uh, Anthony Taylor kind of blew it off. Uh, he was also the referee if you all remember for the Chelsea Tottenham game uh, when he sent Sun off for a similar incident. Um, but anyway, Harry uh, Maguire kicked out, hit Bashwai, and went to VAR, and uh, VAR found no violent conduct. Now, I will just take my, my, put my point first. I was upset because Sun was sent off against Chelsea for something that I thought was actually less than that. And though I agreed with the sending off for Sun, it took me a while to understand that. I think Maguire should have been sent off. If they're going to keep a same referee, different VAR referee, that needs to be clear, different VAR referee. But they have this situation now where you can go, we talked about this for the Sun one, or you can go look at a monitor. Go look at a monitor. I, I, just, I can't believe that he didn't look at the monitor. I really can't. Like they 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 changed the rules midway through the season because they recognize how big of an issue it is, and they still haven't fixed it all the way. They can't look at the monitor for everything, but it's there. I think they should be obliged to look at it. I think the the VAR referee needs to say you need to look at the monitor, not say oh you can go look at the monitor if you think so. I think there might have been something. It's not clear and obvious to me, but it might be clear and obvious to you. I think. In that situation, they need to be required to look at it every time because I'm not sure what the communication is. We don't know who to blame it on. It'd be a lot easier to blame it on Anthony Taylor, but he didn't get a chance to look back at it. Do we Do we all – I just want to ask a question. Do we all agree it was a red card? Yes. Okay. So yes. We, all, we all agree yeah. it was a red card. Yeah. So, so the based, next... based off the Sun incident, this should be a red card. So let me ask you a yeah. question, though. If you go back to the Sun incident, if you guys remember that, was that a red card? Yes, I think so. I, I think yeah. it was too. Yeah, he kicked out. Yeah, though I think it was, I think I, and I said it. I think it was light. The act was there, so you have to do it. Like if if there's an act of kicking out at a player, which is puts a player in danger, oh, that's a red card. And I, I absolutely, I absolutely agree with the the Chelsea fans when they say, oh, it was an absolute red card. It absolutely was. Um, but that wasn't the only VAR incident. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next VAR incident was actually a goal that was taken back. Because of a push, uh, Aspilicueta pushed, uh, I forget who. Uh, Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams in the back. 
and all the even Arlo White, who's watching the game, was like, "I thought that was a foul on Aspilicueta. The ball went, uh, the ball went in. You know, that happened. And then they went back and looked at it, and they called the goal back. Except what happened was Aspilicueta actually got pushed in the back by I forget who it was. Um, and then the argument came up. Well, if he pushed him in the back, and then he pushed Brandon Williams in the back, it was an Aspilicueta's fault for pushing Brandon Williams in the back." Now, what I will say about the situation, this, the second VAR situation, is I've watched it a few times. Uh, one, if Azpilicueta was not there, Brandon Williams, that ball would have never been a goal. Two, I don't think it was enough. Azpilicueta's arms were extended mm-hmm. in the back of Brandon Williams. Extended, like full-out extended. Even if Azpilicueta got hit in the back, which the player that hit him in the back, was not fully extended. I still think you call the goal back. But it's definitely arguable because I know Chelsea fans are out there upset because they thought that it still should have counted because basically the fouls offset each other. Some of the pass interference in football, if two players are going at each other and they can't call one way, they just offset and it goes to whatever. Yeah, I, I just I don't think we've seen uh, this, this situation in a VAR review before, where where uh, it gets called back for one thing, but it could have been called off for another thing, uh, where where we have two, I guess, offsetting fouls. So I, I honestly don't know in this situation. Just based Harrison, off that, I don't have anything to work. I off thought of. personally that it was a foul. I thought Fred had uh, shoved him enough to where I mean anybody naturally being shoved forward, they're going to extend their arms to break their fall. And mm-hmm. I just thought Brandon Williams just so happened to be there to break Aspilicueta's fall. But I uh, I do I do believe Fred fouled him. So so you think you think the goal should have counted? Yeah, I think the okay. goal should have yeah. counted. Yeah. I, I, also also I think uh, Harry Maguire perfectly outlined how the human body naturally extends their legs uh, once they go on the ground into someone's uh, nether regions right. uh, to to in order to defend himself. Of course, he he did a. A great job of doing that in the post patch. Oh yeah, he was catching him. You know. He he, oh yeah, he was catching him, him with his it, with his studs. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm very I'm very borderline with the Fred foul. I'm very borderline with that because yeah. I understand the argument, but it's difficult. Yeah, it, it's very that's, especially when you go to VAR. One. And I've said this before. Mm-hmm. I hope next year, slow motion is great. It's great. I actually think it hurts VAR though. And I've said it before. I've said it with offsides when we had the arguments about offsides. When you're looking at full speed, and then you slow it down. I've always said you have. There's got to be human error. I know there's human error in everything. You know, people can argue, oh, there's human error in VAR. There absolutely is. I mean, we see that every day. But with offsides, I just, I, I, when you watch it in slow motion, it's a lot more easy to take a look at it than if you watch it fast. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, and there was another incident when another Chelsea goal was pulled back because of VAR. Uh, Jeru's goal, but I mean, they are really sadly for Manchester United in all honesty. I mean, cause Manchester United did play well um, for the most part. I mean, you, you did. I Harry Maguire should have been sent off, which mm-hmm. totally would have redone the game. Cause he would have, wouldn't have scored that goal. Well, yeah, but he, it would have in part, men. yeah. Would have been men missing your, your captain, best center back, most expensive center back in the world. Um, doesn't make you the best, but uh, it, it would have been a big impact. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Oh, definitely. definitely. So, yeah. so now we have to, but now we have to talk about the actual result. Right. So the result was two nothing. Yeah. Uh, 
and an injured Manchester United team. In all honesty, uh, I mean they're missing your missing your striker top, you know, and, and so so with Chelsea, they're they're missing half Tam, of they're their missing attackers. Tammy, but yeah. but Tammy Chelsea Pulisic. has a di- Chelsea yeah. has a direct replacement, mm-hmm. uh, number nine. Mm-hmm. Manchester United does not, mm-hmm. uh, and Manchester United have now put themselves in a position in seventh place, three points back from Chelsea. Uh, if Manchester United win this upcoming weekend and Chelsea lose, even I mean they lose to us, but Manchester United would easily hop up in the fifth, um, and they'd hop Chelsea. So now we're now we need to talk about man. We, we talked about Manchester United last week a little bit. Uh, Pogba, uh, what is your opinion on Pogba? Uh, I honestly think they need to uh, get rid of him. I okay. think they need to get the money. I think they need to get Mino Raiola away from the club. I uh, I think he brings too many negative headlines. This uh, sort of this exchange with Ole through the media is the medium for them is childish and it needs to it needs to stop. But um, back to the game, I I really think that um, you're just watching Bruno Fernandez influence this team. Oh, he's just great instantly. I, you can <laughs> see it in the way he conducts himself on the field. Uh, He's almost conducting his teammates. He's pointing out spots that he needs them to follow up to. Um, he's yelling, and he's just a great figure to have in this locker room that, <clears throat> or in this dressing room that already has a figure like McGuire, who is obviously very well respected. But uh, he was directly involved of five of the nine attempts on goal, and I, I think it was just uh, it w- they weren't great with the ball, which is something Ole and McGuire and Bruno all said after the game. I think they did. They did well in uh, pieces, really. It wasn't ever like a, a long period of time where they had strung together something special. Uh, it was mostly like just a work-hard game and take your opportunities, and they sure did. I mean, that cross from Juan Basaka was as Trent Alexander-Arnold as it gets, <laughs> and that, the header from Martial, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of us thought he had that in him. Oh, uh, also outstanding. Yeah. Uh, are you a old fan or no? Uh, no. Okay, so since you've never been on before, and I, I don't know anything, I, I think Chris does, but I don't know anything about how you are a Manchester United fan. Uh, so if you're not an old fan, I'm sure you would like him to be gone at the end of the season. Uh, who would you like as a replacement? Oh, God. I w- well, you know what? Let me let me retract what I said. I, I don't want to say I don't like him, and I also definitely want to say that I'm not going to ever call for a United manager to be sacked because I don't think I am in any way qualified to yeah. make that suggestion. That's how I feel as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I personally, the things that the thing that I don't like about him the most is he's very Moyes-esque in the way he addresses the media. He's kind of nervy. His answers don't always feel confident. Um, and that that's just only a piece to it because on the field – you got to question. You got to question these results against these teams that are of, uh, let's say, uh, a lower standard. Um, I mean, the Premier League is as good as it gets in the world, but I mean, some of these teams, like we should, you should roll through them. And he can't. I think he's doing the best he can with what he has, though. And that's the killer part: is you have to find that balance of, yeah, I'm really frustrated with where it is, but what else does he? What else could he get out of this team? He does not have a lot to work no. with. I, I think that's what made him a good caretaker manager. Was he he was able to find find the good parts of this team and let them play uh, before he was signed on as the permanent manager. And and that that really peaked when they beat PSG. 
in 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 Champions League last season. But but then after that, you know, it's it's been up and down, and I, I still don't see like a core philosophy to his play, or like a core ideology, or a system really. I I just see players on a pitch that he says, okay, this week we're gonna try this com- combination and see how it works. He's identified problem areas. He identified that they needed a midfielder who could uh, play the ball in behind for players like Rashford uh, and Martial. He got a perfect one. And he, and he got a perfect one. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes is an out, I mean, I, outstanding I, player. I, 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 yeah. Bruno, I really wanted him at Tottenham. Yeah. I, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Tottenham need to focus on replacing Eric Dyer, first of all. Oh, we don't need to replace him. He just needs to go. He just, yeah. <laughs> we have the replacement. He just needs to go. I mean, do you, uh, do you want Pochettino? I... I mean, yeah. I mean, I couldn't say, I couldn't say no. I'm curious to see. So there was a news article this past week. I don't know if you saw it. That I think the Times put it out, or a par- fairly reliable Times are decent uh, that you guys were interested in Harry Winks. I will tell you that that would probably never happen, be considering he's a Tottenham boy. Like mm-hmm. he was, a, but uh, it's an interesting uh, player that. Yeah, to see Manchester United linked with. Um, right now, I think that the links that they have are the ones that anybody should, if they're focusing on them, they should focus solely on what comes out from Germany through Dortmund and what comes oh, yeah. out through Villa um, about Jack Grealish. Because right now, the ones that are as consistent as they come are Grealish, Sancho, and Madison's name is tossed around a good bit. But I, I, I think from, I think Grealish is better than yeah. Than from Madison. what I've read, I mean they're <laughs> absolutely all about Grealish. It helps when you curl one into the top corner at Old Trafford. Um, I don't I don't think that Grealish. If, if, I don't think if they were to switch positions, he would be able to carry Aston Villa the way that Jack Grealish is carrying Gre- them. Grealish single handedly. Mm-hmm ruined us this past weekend. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what you have to admire about this guy's game is that it's come such a long way from when people first got their first taste of him uh, five years ago or whatnot when they were in the Premier League. And, you know, now he's got – I mean, he's just got it all. He's got the dribbling ability and uh, the awareness that he has on the field. It's just incredible. I mean, I, I'm sure you wouldn't have been too happy had he gone 2-0 up when they had scored – when uh, Douglas Louise shot oh, yeah. right across goal. And it was he should have scored that. Yeah, too. it was terrible. Well – we gotta we gotta move on here because I know Chris is dying to talk about today, so I'm just gonna hit the Dortmund PSG game first. Uh, there were two Champions League games today. Uh, there are also two tomorrow. Uh, one of the Champions League games today was uh, Russia Dortmund playing uh, Paris Saint Germain. Uh, the game was in Dortmund, uh, so Paris had a really tough game, uh, but uh, Holland scored, and then Neymar scored, and then Holland scored again. I will tell you something about this Holland kid. Oh, he's a superstar. I mean, for being 19 years old, he I watched him catch Sancho in a foot race up the field, and he's 6'4". For got... 18 million pounds to go to Dortmund, not to go to anywhere else, to go to Dortmund. I, I'm, this Dortmund team is a lot different with him on it. They're, they're, they're like Sancho was a, Sancho's a superstar. Sancho's a superstar. But, he, he, he was the first player in Europe to get... Ten goals and ten assists. Uh, yeah, this season. But but this kid adds them to a whole nother level of which I have a Bayern Munich fan friend. One of my really good friends is Holland's going to give Lewandowski a run for his money as the best striker in the league. I mean, I I really think so. Oh, 
I don't know. He's giving him uh, a run for his money and goals in the Champions League. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah. Lewandowski will win this year, Golden Boot. But I, I mean, I, I, we can talk. I mean, we can talk about PSG more probably next round when they play again to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they had a difficult game today, but Holland, man, he is. Ooh. Oh, he's on fire. He's the piece yeah. they needed. That team, uh, that team has been crying out for someone to finish the. Hundreds of chances it seems like they can create just in an instant with some of the guys that they have. Atletico Madrid Liverpool today, and boy, you know I watched this game. I watched the full game, and I was uh, it was the one that was on Bleacher Report uh, or TNT. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I missed the first goal because I missed the first ten minutes of the game. But Atletico Madrid did score one nothing, and they held it one nothing. They won. Chris, yeah, I, I, this is nothing. To, I, I, I will already tell you, there's nothing to worry about here. Um, yeah, um, for for that game, okay. First of all, it wasn't it wasn't Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid. It was Liverpool versus Spanish Burnley and uh, and the referee. I mean, I, I looked at. Um, you really thought the ref was that bad? Oh, the ref was terrible. I mean, he wasn't he was, good. He was but, abysmal. Abysmal. But, they didn't call a single handball. And this goes for both teams. They didn't call oh, a single true. handball that entire game. And I counted at least five that were obvious. They they went back. You're not counting replays. that one where it hit the guy's shoulder, right? The no, no, I'm not. I'm not calling the one uh, that that was Henderson's that, shot. Yeah, that uh, wasn't, that wasn't a handball. No, yeah. no, I'm not calling that. That was in a natural position. There were multiple times where it hit the forearm in an outstretched position, and he did not call it. That. Um, there, there was a throw-in immediately before the corner, too, that led to the goal in the first few minutes, uh, the the few minutes of the game that Spanish Burnley actually decided to play. Um, and it, it should have been our throw-in. It should have been Liverpool's. And and they gave it to Atletico. They they missed so many things. Jurgen Klopp does not often get angry on the sidelines. When he does get passionate, he gets passionate about his own players. He does not like to yell at, at the fourth official, but in this particular oh, game, and game. he said after the game that he, he felt like he needed to do something uh, and and got a little outraged. You know, he apologized for it, and he got a yellow card uh, for for his antics. I haven't seen uh, a, a team park the bus that hard since uh, Mourinho left United. That was... I don't think... So, see, I had a... They, no, they parked the bus. No, you, no, I will, you, not deny, you, I will not deny that. Okay. But he doesn't... Simeone does not park the bus like Mourinho parks the bus. Simeone subbed in Lorente at halftime, one nothing up at home, and took Lamar out of the game. I'm going to tell you something. Mourinho parks the bus. There's no one like Simeone. No, no, there's there's not. He He's a triple-decker bus with, with, uh, with 18 wheels on it. Absolutely ridiculous. You you look at the average position of the players, and uh, it, uh, sure they have great defensive acumen, really really good defensively, but they just shut off. They had five minutes of good play, um, and then they completely shut off for the rest of the game. If you look at their average position throughout the entire game, not a single player's average position was in Liverpool's half. Harrison, so you came on in a great week because this is the first week this year mm-hmm. that we've been able to witness Chris upset about a game because they lost. This was, and I, I got to ask both of you, honestly, did anybody, I know we've seen this dejected Diego Simeone for most of the league season and everything. Did either of you guys expect him to go away from his normal 
in the champions. Absolutely. No. If not they, not I, at I all. That, this this is how they got to those two finals exactly. in the first place. This is how they did so, it so, by playing this way. So I know what Chris is going to say to this. I, I'm going to ask you. I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. I'm just, I'm just, I know mm-hmm. what you're going to say. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I'll wait. So is Liverpool still like totally favorites to get out of this? You know, I think so. I think today we just got a really, a really nice Atletico Madrid recipe. I think that Liverpool is fine. I think going oh, I back too, yeah. to Anfield with a one nil um, deficit is nothing compared to if, three. What if Atletico Madrid scores first? See, that's that's where you would be concerned is with the way they approached the game today, which was, I mean, he really got it spot on. As much as I was calling for Burnley to get out of the Premier League and whatnot, I mean, <laughs> you have to admire the plan that he had. It was come out with five to, five to however many minutes of good intensity, and they were getting balls into dangerous areas. And, and in perfect um, Atletico Madrid fashion, they just smashed one in off a corner that's just fallen down to In all honesty, and I, I know they should have had two, Maratus messed that one up. You know, I think he has a lot of moments like that. I oh, think yeah. there are a couple that are just abysmal. He, he just – that was terrible. But, Chris, I will ask you, are you at all nervous? No. And I say this uh, not because historically uh, against you know Barcelona or anything like that. I, I say this because um, all the players in the in their post game interviews, Jurgen Klopp in his post game press conference said, "We will see what happens when we get back to Anfield." They talked about Anfield. They talked about how important it was to play at Anfield. Atletico Madrid, as impressive as their crowd was. Uh, you see p- yeah. pictures of flares outside, the the noise. He, Simon, uh, Diego Simeone uh, riling up the crowd the entire game. It's not Anfield. Anfield is a fortress. The last time Liverpool lost at Anfield was in the Carabao Cup last season against uh, Chelsea yeah. when they, they were playing half kids and Daniel Sturridge. Uh, but, I, I mean... This was Liverpool's strongest team. And the Klopp decided to take out Sadio Mane at halftime. That was mostly, uh, and he said this during his postgame, that was mostly because of the refereeing. He was worried that Sadio Mane would get a red card for something that he definitely did not deserve. I'm not saying that he didn't deserve the yellow card. It looked like he did. But the challenge that he made after the yellow card was not a second yellow. But he was worried that... Uh, the the stadium and Atletico Madrid. You saw after after his second offense, the entire Atletico Madrid team gathered around the referee, and um, just uh, uh, they were abusing him. And Klopp had to take him out for protection, but he also had faith, right? He had faith in oh, Divock yeah. Origi. I always have faith in Divock Origi. Without Origi, football is nothing. Um, and and then he decided to take out uh, Mohamed Salah, uh, that the, was, the that, most that scoringest that, player I didn't in agree history. With that one. I watched that and I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I I think what what he decided to do with Mo is he put him up top for a time during the game to try and stretch the field of play. Uh, I think if if we weren't forced to take off Sadio Mane, then we would have been in in a better position. But I I agree with his decision. From the position that Liverpool, I, I understood it. Were in, yeah. I yeah, I completely understood it. Salah w- was pushed up to the front to to try and stretch the play, 
Uh, but I mean, this this was Liverpool's strongest team, and had all the possession, like seventy three percent possession, uh, went to Liverpool. Liverpool had, I believe, five hundred more passes than an Atletico, so they they can get it done. They had chances. None of them were on target, but they had chances, and I, I got faith in this second leg, definitely. All right. Well, first now for some good news. <laughs> Not for everyone. <laughs> Breaking news, but good for all the people sitting in this room right now. Manchester City have been banned from UEFA competitions for the next two years. They've also been fined 30 million euros, and there is a possibility of points deduction slash relegation. Uh, the relegation's kind of probably not going to happen, but still, this is huge. Uh, a lot bigger than this happening to a team like Tottenham or Arsenal, in all honesty, uh, and no offense to Manchester United, but even Manchester United, um, it's just because of where we're at right now. Uh, Manchester City is a, has a bunch of superstars on their team with a superstar manager, and they can't be in the competition that they haven't won yet. And the one reason Pep's still there is because they haven't won it. He was brought in specifically to win this. To win, and they're going to appeal this. And I'm going to tell you something. It's not going to. I said something. I'm contradicting myself now, so if any of my friends listen to this, I'm sorry. Uh, I said the other day that I think it might get knocked down to a year. But the more I think about it and the more people have talked to me about it, I think it's going to stay. Um, I'm curious to see if there is a points deduction from the, uh, the FA. Um, I'm curious to see what happens there. I'm curious to see if players decide to leave. Uh, one player in particular, Kevin De Bruyne. Um, just because he's just the greatest midfielder in the world. Um, I don't think anybody here would really try to argue that. I think he he's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, for me as a Spurs fan, it's great. But for Liverpool and Manchester United fans, it's even better. Uh, the the One of the three-headed monsters is gone for now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because um, I, I have a, a good friend that – happens to uh support city um and he was convinced that this was going to be overturned absolutely convinced and the more that i listen to news about this the more that i read about this i cannot see this being overturned because it would look bad on uh on uefa it would show that they have no power and that clubs can do whatever they want and oil barons can come up and buy i i heard talk that um an oil baron was about to buy newcastle uh, it, come come next season that there was talk about uh, a, a group doing that, um, but they got caught for doing this. They had already been caught back in I believe 2014. There was an investigation. They got caught, got fined 49 million euros, and then instead of not doing it anymore, they, again. they continued to do it. But the problem was they lied about it. That was the big thing. It wasn't a breach of of contract. It wasn't a breach of the rules, more so as it was a breach of trust. And that's the big thing that UEFA are trying to drill in. Uh, Der Spiegel leaked these emails that that supposedly prove that they were lying about this intentionally and funneling the money uh, through Sheikh Mansour's uh, accounts into Etihad and uh, saying, oh, this is all sponsorship money. 
and this is supporting us and it isn't leading to all the losses that we're taking for buying all these players um, for for their plastic team. Um, <laughs> but but there's also uh, a possibility that investigations could be opened up for the, the years between 2016 to the present, too. Uh, I read an article about that today. Do, that, do you think they're going to get a points deduction? I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. the The only situation that we can compare this to right now is uh, Juventus uh, a few years back when well, they got they got relegated. Yeah, everything was voided for them, and but they they still. I, I'm just curious to yeah. see what's going to happen here because I, this, I this just, is a I don't know. This it, is one of the major stories. I think Rebecca Lowe said this on NBC. This is one of the major stories in the past. 10 years in the Premier League. Yeah. This is a yeah. big deal. Yeah. I mean, what what do you think, Harrison? What do you- uh, I think uh, it's tough. It's a really tough situation to be in. They made $100 million from the Champions League last year, so now you're looking at $200 million out the window um, for the next two years. Uh, but they've taken – they've already taken steps to do certain things to kind of uh, steady the boat. Uh, Duncan Castles just reported that they're going to be offering 10 to 20% bonus bonuses to players who are loyal during this tough two-year time, and um, that could add up to about uh, $53 million each year in extra money to these players. Um, and report is that one of their beloved players, Sergio Aguero, is already torn. He's 32 years old. This is a competition he is dying to win, and this is... Uh, a club he's absolutely adored for ten years. I mean, what what do you do if you're like Aguero, Raheem Sterling, Kyle Walker, Fernandinho, the De Bruyne? You know, like I use Kyle Walker as an example, and, and though he's left Tottenham now, and I'm not a huge, you know, when a player leaves your team for a, a rival or something, you get upset about it. <laughs> I can absolutely, <laughs> I can absolutely see him coming back to Tottenham. It's possible. I mean, they I, have, they have a better chance of playing in the Champions League the next two seasons. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, just just something yeah. to throw out there. You know, Sheffield has a better chance of playing uh, in yeah, yeah. in the Champions League. You could see Real Madrid at Bremel Lane, uh, <laughs> um, and the stadium would actually be full. Now and now for the viewer, uh, the listeners who haven't known this, so if since if the appeal is held, uh, the fifth if Manchester City finishes in the top four. The fifth place team in the Premier League will go to the Champions League next year, mm-hmm. uh, and the sixth place team will go to the Europa League. Uh, just so everyone knows that, so it makes it a lot more interesting too for the battle of the top five. Uh, in saying that, we have a lot of really, 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 really big games next week, uh, and starting with one of the biggest. Uh, actually, it probably is now now the biggest game uh, due to the Manchester City thing. Um, I'm just being honest. Uh, Chelsea plays Tottenham Hotspur. At 6.30 in the morning on Saturday, uh, the game is at uh, Stanford Bridge. So they get two big games, at, uh, uh, again, at home. Uh, and Harrison, if you don't know this, what we do is we just predict a score. Uh, can be anything. That's just uh, 7-2. Seven, thank you. <laughs> Got to come to this. So um, <laughs> I will go first. Uh, so I think the score is <laughs> – it got a lot more different now that we lost Sonny, but uh, – I'm thinking a 1-1 draw. Uh, I think we can score one. I think Mourinho is going to be prime Mourinho now mm-hmm. uh, with Park the Bus. I just do. I don't think we have a choice. 
I think the only like we have to play like Atletico to win games. We have to counter. Well, that's how he won games at Chelsea. Yeah, that's they they went uh, a whole season with only fourteen goals conceded. I believe fourteen. Um, I yeah, that's just what they're gonna have to do. I like Chelsea's gonna score. I know they are. Like like I said, I just I don't know where those goals are gonna come from for Tottenham. So yeah, I agree with you. One one draw. It's gonna come from somewhere. It's gonna be lucky, but I don't think Chelsea. Or Tottenham have have enough in them. I, I think this this is going to be a really tight game. Uh yeah, I'm torn between one all and a nil nil because as we all know, the defense for both teams it's not fantastic. But I mean, if either <laughs> of you can give me an answer straightforward here as to who's going to put that goal in the net for either team, I, I'd love to hear it. Larice. <laughs> I mean, Giroud's going to start. I think uh, I think Giroud yeah. could score for Chelsea. He brought yeah. something to Chelsea in in ten minutes that Bashwai didn't do for eighty, yeah. and I you have to wonder. I think Chelsea have a better shot at it, but I think we can keep it. Right. I think as long as Chelsea does not play Ross Barkley, they have a shot at it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I know, right? I have somebody. I, it's just this is just a comment. I have a friend of mine who stated to me that you have Tomasin, a you have a lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I have a friend of mine that stated that Mateo Kovacic is having is the having the best season in the Premier League out of any midfielder. Okay. Ah. Uh, I just uh, want to say that I know we all like disagree. Ah, uh, that hurts. Right. That's what I said. That hurts. Better right. better than Jordan Henderson. Doubt I, that. I mean, better than De Bruyne. That's doubt that. De Bruyne was the one I was like. Right. And also somebody one of my other buddies goes. Like literally at the same time goes like him and Fred are the same player. Yeah. Like you can watch yeah. them play and they're the same player. Anyway. But Fred costs fifty three million pounds. Well, Fred's coming. Kovacic costs fifty something million. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Burnley Bournemouth is the nine AM one of the nine AM games. It's at Turf Moor. Uh I am a Bor- half Bournemouth fan. I don't I don't know why for some reason. Uh so you, I'm gonna you say like cherries. I'm gonna say Eddie Howe, they're gonna win two to one. Don't know why. I hope they went two to one. I, I like Harry Wilson. Uh, I'll be performance well for them. Uh, but I, I think, I think Brighton are going to beat them one nil. I think this is going to be another tight game. But I, I don't know. Bournemouth. Brighton or Burnley? <laughs> Wait, Burnley. Burnley. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Brighton. No, I said Burnley. Burnley. Oh, Burnley. The B teams. Oh, Burn- yeah. Burnley are going to always do what Burnley do, and they're going to play really defensively. And I don't think Bournemouth are going to be able to break them down. And same goes one nil Burnley. I got two nil Burnley. I think they're going to. I think they're going to make life really hard for a team that's fallen off the cliff in Bournemouth. Another big game, not really, <laughs> but uh, oh, I lost my I lost my spot. See, I I I, I always scroll and then I when I click on it, it mm-hmm. anyway. Mm. Uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. You should get Windows. I probably should. Yeah, not a Mac. Uh, Crystal Palace, Newcastle. Uh, I think Chris. I think this game's gonna honestly, two two. For some reason, I just think these two teams are. It's gonna be one of those games that there's goals scored, but nobody can shut the other team out. So two two. Yeah, yeah. No. Has Saha even played this season? Oh yes, yes, yes. He's he's, he, done he's, play, he he's played. He's played. He's not happy. We gotta give him that. He's not happy. No, sure. of course he's not happy. But no one was willing to pay 
uh, however much. Apparently, Arsenal was because they bought. They spent seventy-two million on Pepe. I don't understand why they would go out and buy Pepe though. Over that, oh, I I could talk for so long about that. Um, no, I I see. Uh I, I'm I'm gonna say three-three. Oh wow! Yeah, now, yeah. Watch this game finish zero-zero. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. I'm sensing uh, an an incredible English tactical masterclass from Steve Bruce and Roy Hodgson. I'm thinking a one-one. All right, I have goal scored, all draws, all so. draws. Yep. Uh, Sheffield United, Brighton, 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 Brighton. Yes, I got it uh, this time. Brighton. I, I mean, there's just no way I'm not picking Sheffield United in this game. So I'm going to say two to two to one Sheffield United. Yeah, those out, those overlapping center backs are are just such a <laughs> enigma. Uh, never seen anything like it. I, I think Sheffield United in the in the form that they're in, they're going to beat Brighton. They're going to uh, they're going to win two nil. Yeah, I've got a feeling that they're going to win two nil. I think they're uh, I think they're too good for Brighton, who play a little naive because they're so expansive under Graham Potter now. <laughs> Southampton, Aston Villa. Danny Ings is going to score again this weekend. I I, I, can, I hope he does. I, I hope he wins the golden boot. Uh, but in this game, he is going to score. But I'm going to tell you something. I think I think Aston Villa is going to win two to one. Yeah, uh, it, it's just the the form that Villa were in after that Tottenham loss. I just wonder if they're they're going to uh, drop in a bit of quality after that. I, I would say demoralizing defeat. Um, they played well though. So I they, mean, they they played they, they, they played, played well. really well, but I I just I don't know. I I see them, and I see Southampton is still on the upswing. They're still kind of getting there. They lost to Burnley, but um, I I think Southampton's going to win one 0 Yeah, I think uh, I think this is a tough fixture for Villa. Uh, this is one that they lost back in December three one. They had no Tyrone Mings at the time. Hopefully he'll be back this weekend from tonsillitis. Um, but truthfully, I think Southampton will win two one at home. The other arguably game of the week, uh, Leicester plays Manchester City. Uh, so City does play tomorrow. Uh, they play West Ham tomorrow. West Ham, they should yeah. win. Uh, now we'll see. If they don't, should run them off the field. My my prediction for this game is totally going to be different than what I'm going to say right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think Manchester City are going to win two to one. But mm-hmm. I have no idea what we're going to see in Manchester City. Well, City did beat them three to one early in the season, and that had a huge impact on on Leicester. Their their form dropped. Like I said earlier, their form just they didn't look the same. I mean, they have they haven't lost. been the same. They haven't they haven't been nearly the same. It was that game and the Liverpool game, uh, the four nil. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't see City losing this one. Uh, it, it would be really strange if they lost the West Ham one two. Uh, I see City winning two 0 Yeah, yeah. I see City walking away with two wins these two games. I think they need to come out and kind of make a statement, kind of give off the uh, feeling that everything's okay, and give them a a classic performance against West Ham where they just net six and <laughs> everything is crumbling awesome. in London. <laughs> All right, Manchester United, Watford, Sunday morning, eight a.m. Uh and this is another so the game's at Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. This is another game that nothing gets United. I, I usually actually root for Manchester United. Uh, they're like the other top six team I usually do, but uh, 
honestly, I think Avengers United's going to win one to nothing, but I have no idea. It just depends what team shows up. You just well, the the team that showed up to this last game was the Watford team that was fighting out of the relegation zone and beat United. He's shaking his head and beat them two nil. But I like you said, it depends on what team is going to show up today. Um, I I see it being a one one draw. That's just all I see. Uh, I think United are probably going to win this one two nil. I think that this is one that Ole will probably be mentioning what happened uh, on December twenty second uh, at uh, at Vicarage Road. That was uh, a really dreadful performance. They were all just uh, letting everybody know how poorly they played after that game. That was one that they didn't hide from. Ole didn't hide from it. Um, didn't take their chances. Uh, Nigel Pearson really just had their number that day. And I think that's going to play a factor, and that's why they'll win 2-0. Uh, Wolves-Norwich. This is a weird one for me. I, I, I can't even picture this. Yeah? Uh, Wolves are, Wolves are going to win. I, three to one. Three one. Yeah. 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 I, I, don't, I don't even know. Raul Jimenez is, uh, before the game today, the only player to, I guess, in, in the last nine or so Premier League games, is the only player to score against Liverpool. Um, Adama Traore, of course, has been playing very well. Um, Norwich, especially after, after last week's game against Liverpool, aren't looking as, as good. Um, I see Wolves winning comfortably 2-0. Yeah, I I kind of see Norwich getting one, but uh, I'm with you. I'm thinking it's probably going to be 3-1. I think there's too much there with, uh, I mean, obviously, when you have Nuno Spirito Santos, it's, uh, it's a pretty strong advantage to have. And guys like Adama Traore and Raul Jimenez, Ruben Neves, it's, uh, it just seems like a little too much for them. Mm. So... Other than the Tottenham game this weekend, the actual game I'm most excited for is the next one. Arsenal-Everton. Talk about... This is going to show you where these teams are at because these are two terrible football teams. No one's arguing with that. And I can't wait to see who wins this. It's it's at the Emirates. Yeah. But I don't think that means anything. No, it doesn't. And, and, And before you give your prediction... Uh, Everton, of course, have a terrible record on the road. Terrible, just abysmal. But also, if the season had started when Angelotti took over, they would be in second right now on, on points. Yeah. So 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 my prediction is going to be a 2-2 two, two draw. This is going to be a, a barn burner. I think it's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. I think both of these teams are so bad. But they have offensive weapons that are good. That's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, and they I, both have decent goalkeepers. Arsenal has to start Lacazette. And they need to. But Desperately, they need to. That's The, the Lacazette-Aubameyang partnership is what got him the golden boot last season. Uh, there, there were a bunch of assists and, and goals between the two of them. Um, but you, you can't discount Richarlison. And Angelotti's finally figured out a system with this 4-4-2 uh, to get Everton, you know, into into playing form and actually being able to perform on the road sometimes, uh, in in these big games. So I see a dramatic 
3-2 to Everton. Wow. I think it's going to be, be dramatic. See, now that would be wild. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way. I honestly can see this being the 3-2 to Arsenal. Okay. I don't think either team is going to keep a clean sheet. There's just no way. I think this game is going to open up, which, in my opinion, favors Arsenal. Um, I just don't think uh, – I don't think – I don't think Everton have enough to pull it out. And if they do, it's going to be a draw. All right. Well, the last game of the weekend is actually on Monday this week. It is Liverpool-West Ham. Poor West Ham. Not really, but but poor West Ham. They're in a really, really <laughs> tough <laughs> run of games. Rough. Uh, I'll go first. Liverpool is going to win this 4 nothing. Yeah. Uh, that, yep. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know I, what? You know what? I'll go f- four nothing. Four nothing. Yeah, <laughs> you, you thought I about. Want, it. I want to go four one. Like I think. Uh, well, like I, I'm sitting here going, who's going to score? And I couldn't tell you. No. Yeah, and Liverpool played West Ham not two weeks ago, and uh, the the result was two nil, but it was a resounding two nil. All right, you know what? I'll be nice. I'll go three nothing. Three nothing. Right, okay, good. final answer. Three nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's at Anfield. Uh, big atmosphere. The players are definitely going to want to bounce back after uh, the the showing today. Um, and they're going to be rested too. It's not like uh, they're, they're not going to have time to rest. It, it's Tuesday and Monday, so they have uh, five, six days uh, to get fit. Um, I, I could I could honestly see Adam Lallana starting this game. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be like 5-0. Honestly, <laughs> honestly. We have, we have... Yeah, yeah. I think this is just absolutely brutal for West Ham. I think what you're going to see in this game, the theme is going to be rotation. I think Klopp is going to want to kind of mess around with uh, a roster in a game that he knows is, is his. And I think West Ham, depending on how brutal tomorrow is, you might need to rotate players because to go and lose to these two teams – in a dreadful fashion, and the position that they're already in could be your sending off letter from to the championship. So I think that this is probably going to be a 3-0 to Liverpool. All right, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Stoppage Time. Uh, tune in next week. We will be back talking about more soccer, uh, the Champions League games from both this week and next week, and we hope to see you then. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Stoppage Time. Join us next week for another great episode. Also make sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts.